This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Middletown, Connecticut. Welcome to a Friday morning wake-up call, the 12th day of November 2021. It is a a rainy day here in the Northeast. We've got some big storms coming through. They say we're going to lose power at some point, or they think we're going to lose power at some point. I guess we'll still have some pretty heavy winds and stuff. So uh, hopefully we'll stay on the air because it is pouring out here. So, uh... Uh, But uh, thanks for joining us this morning. We've got Dan Zampano coming up here in a few minutes. We actually taped the interview yesterday. He had uh, class this morning, so we we taped it last night. Uh, Unfortunately, we weren't uh, uh, able to have him on live this morning to talk about yet another stunner in the NFL last night. The Miami Dolphins beat the Baltimore Ravens last night 22-10. You know, I... Just when you think things in the NFL couldn't get more bizarre, it's been a stunning year. I mean, Jacksonville beating the Buffalo last week, and that's just, you know, one example. But, I mean, you know, this was a game that, you know, I had Baltimore winning by a couple of touchdowns. And make no mistake, this had nothing to do with how good the Miami offense was yesterday because it wasn't very good. Uh, You know, look, three field goals. A, uh, a fumble return for a touchdown, and then a one-yard quarterback sneak. That was it. Um, Jacoby Brissett, not very good for the Dolphins last night. He got the start for Tua Tungavailoa, who uh, has that bad finger, but then Brissett gets hurt, hurts a knee. They take him out. Uh, Tua comes in, and look, he was pretty good. He was 8 for 13, and the biggest play was a huge uh, play down the left sideline. Wide receiver left wide open. And it set up the uh, the clinching touchdown. They were up 15 to 10 at the time. Tugavailo takes it in from a yard out uh, with about two minutes to play. But this was about the Miami defense. Uh, Lamar Jackson got sacked four times last night. Now, look, Jackson's never going to be confused for being a great drop-back passer, a guy that's going to be able to throw the ball all over, all over the field and beat you. He does it with his legs. And usually, uh, you know, that kind of sets up guys in the, uh, the secondary being free. Well, they did a great job of containing Jackson's ability to run the football last night. They sacked, as I said, they sacked him four times, and, you know, they were all over him other times. And if it weren't for a couple of roughing the passer calls in the fourth quarter, Baltimore may not even have scored a touchdown. Now, one of the, one of the, the uh, roughing the passer calls was legit. You know, a guy picked him up and body slammed him to the turf. The second one they called was an absolute joke. I mean, they showed it last night. They showed the replay three or four times. There was nothing there. You know, sometimes I think they are just they're going overboard. And, and you know, a good, 
Troy Aikman had a good point last night. You know, we review everything else in the NFL. He said, I hope at some point that, you know, we can start reviewing some of these, like, roughing the passer calls and things like that because, you know, we, we – I know we want to protect the quarterbacks. It's important. It's important. We've seen so many quarterbacks get hurt this year. But the second one they called last night on that drive where Baltimore scored its only touchdown was just hideous. There's no other way to put it. But the Miami defense was great. And this look, this throws the AFC North wide open. Baltimore with the loss. Now they're just a half a game ahead of Pittsburgh, and they're a game ahead of Cleveland and Cincinnati. We've got some unbelievable races in uh, in the AFC. The AFC North, everybody is separated by a game. In the AFC West, everybody is separated by half a game. It's absolutely insane. You know, the, the NFC is a little bit more stable, but the AFC, it is wide open right now because everybody is just beating up on everybody else. But a great job by the Miami defense last night. And look, it calls into question, you know, the, the, the Patriots have to play Miami again. I got that one in the books. Right, Buffalo has to play Miami again. You got that in the books as a win. You know what? After last night, who the hell knows? It's it's just it's um, impossible to figure out what's going on in the NFL right now. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to run our interview that I uh, had with Dan Zampano yesterday. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call, and as we are every Friday, and actually, full disclosure, once again, we're taping this on Thursday night. We are glad to be jo- uh, be joined by Dan Sampano, our NFL guru, although I don't think he is probably feeling too much like a guru based on last week's results. Dan, did you get any games right last week? That's all I want to know. Yeah, there's a couple thrown in there, you know. We we had a we had a few sprinkles, but we kind of we kind of uh, we ate light last week. We had ramen noodles last week instead of prime prime rib. So that's that's kind of how it ended up working out. But it was the week from hell for a lot of people and a lot of teams. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into it. But what a wild! It's been a while since we've talked because it's been a couple of weeks here. Yeah. But what a wild couple of weeks. You know what, though, Gene? You know what's great? Amid all this chaos and all these things, my Patriots are doing pretty well now. There's light yeah. at the end of the tunnel. Well, now. you know, that that's true. You know, they do, how, however, have a rather challenging schedule. We'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, if, if they can get through these next four games, at even if they go 2-2 two and two in their next four games, I think they're in good shape. Absolutely. Uh, if they go 3-1... and one, it might be Christmas. I mean, yeah, you know, I think we're talking division championship. Yeah, it, it, well, it's just, well, the way the Bills are playing, perhaps. But we'll, yeah, get, look we'll, out. we'll get to all that in a minute. All right, yeah. let's start. We have to uh, we because everybody else is talking about it. Let's start with the whole Aaron Rodgers mess. Yeah. Um, you know, look, I I killed him all week on my show. Not I mean, I just mm-hmm. had to. You know, and here's my thing. I don't honestly care if he's vaccinated or not to me that's not the issue do i think he should be vaccinated yes do i think everybody should be vaccinated yes however we live in a country where you have choice i don't have a problem with that what i have a problem with is that he lied he can he says well i i misled people no you lied you know i mean let's be you know and and so that's my issue here this is a this is the ultimate team game football and you not only lied to the public, you lied to your teammates, and then you went out and did conduct, you know, going to Halloween parties without masks and doing things that you're not supposed to do if you're not vaccinated. That's my problem. Where do you fall on this? 
so I actually pretty much agree with a lot of that. I think that I think that a lot of it has to do with you're right. There's conduct policy, and whether you agree with it or don't agree with it, whether you think it's based in science or not, there's policy. You have to give to Caesar what is Caesar's, right? I mean, right. that's the way it works. Right. Um, I do think that Aaron Rodgers made a lot of poor choices in wording. Yeah. That's what I would say. Yes. Uh, I would say that misled, lied, whatever you want to say, he was untruthful about it. Right. Um, it falls somewhere in the middle of that. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is, is actually, you know, a person that is kind of a peace and love, you know, goat yoga type of quarterback, <laughs> you know, type of thing. Yeah. Uh, that's the way he is. I can understand why people think that he is a big giant douche and, and you know, just by the way he acts. And I get that. I'm all I'm all about it. Um, I think him quoting Martin Luther King and him saying, you know, I, do, I, I talked to Joe Rogan about this and whatever you think of yeah. Joe Rogan, like, you know, it made it seem like it made it seem like he was a quack. He wasn't helping his cause. Right. Yeah. On the other hand, I can also see this. The NFL has developed what we know about COVID now. The NFL, in some instances, has a lot of draconian measures towards this. Right. And I think he made some very good points into future protocols and how we're going to handle this later down the line, how we're going to handle, um, you know, COVID and what players, if they're vaccinated, if they're not vaccinated, how much more are we going to take uh, in terms of risk versus reward? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's the point he was making. He deserves some of the criticism that he's getting, but I also think that, you know, I don't, I don't think he wants to be put in that political box. People are going to try and do that to him, and and this really shouldn't be a political issue. If like yes, go get the vaccine if you want to get the vaccine and you feel it's necessary, absolutely. And should people get the vaccine, they absolutely should. But at the same time, I think he makes the point of we're not going to start forcing people, mandating people to get vaccinated in order to function in society. And I think going down that road is what he doesn't want to do. So. Outside of outside of it's bigger than football, right. and I don't want to go bigger than football because it's a football thing. Right. But you know, to me, I agree with most of what you're saying. He deserves some of the criticism, but I think he makes some good points at the same time. The NFL with a bad look, however, uh, he got fined what fourteen thousand dollars. CD Lamb got fined thirty thousand dollars for not hanging, not, a having, good not having his shirt tucked in last week. That's not a good. You know, and you know what? Does it surprise me that the NFL did not have a good look here? No. No. Well, it tells you, Gene, what does it tell you? It tells you that what Aaron Rodgers was saying was that the NFL doesn't seem like they're doing this for health reasons. Oh, no, seems yeah. like, it yeah. seems like they're doing this to look good yeah, and, to, yeah. and yeah. to shame people into getting the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And instead of having the conversation, I think that was the larger point in Aaron Rodgers. He just didn't articulate it very well. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, well you know, so uh, that's where we are. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you the, the, the probably the truest thing he ever said, though, dur during the, uh, that last week. When somebody said to him, so you think it's a fair statement that you'll never win another MVP? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's 100%. Yeah. Pat truer McAfee words, truer word, yeah, yeah, truer words have never been said. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no so, question. All right, let's get into the games last week and get off of that stuff and because I've killed them enough. Um, <laughs> let's start off with the New England Patriots and their game against Carolina. Uh, first of all, their offense was uh, not great, but their defense was ridiculous. Now I, I know we have to we have to couch this with yes, but 
they were playing against Sam Darnold. Having, <laughs> having said that, that defense without won that game, period. On behalf of the New England Patriots defense, this message is for Sam Darnold. Boo! That's what it is. <laughs> That's all it was. Uh, yeah. Ghosts are back. Ghosts are back. I mean, Sam Darnold, honestly, though, has been one of the – I really thought that that was going to work out in Carolina. He's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, especially over the last five weeks. He's been horrible. But it's good to see a lot of things go right for the Patriots defense, is it not? That was one of our big concerns was against Dallas, against other teams. Uh, The emergence – J.C. Jackson has more interceptions than anybody since 2018 now. Right. even with the loss of Jonathan Jones, they've still played really, really well. Uh, the linebacking core is still slow, but again, is getting better at, at, at the, the run. Jawan Bentley, of all people. And and how about Christian Barmore? Christian yeah. Barmore has been a very pleasant surprise. I mean, he's absolutely dominating up front. So uh, the rush defense is getting a lot better. Um, something that they were getting, you know, they were Swiss cheese in the beginning of the year. And now they're getting better at stopping the run. McCaffrey didn't really do that much damage in the run game uh, against them. So this is a couple of weeks in a row. Now you're starting to string it together. And guys are starting to buy into the program. And that's what's good to see. But you're right. This week, as you mentioned before, is going to be the biggest test so far. Um, Let's uh, talk for a second uh, about a play that happened when, when Mac Jones was being accused of being a dirty player. Now I've 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 watched the clip from you know four different angles several times, and I don't care what anybody says. And this isn't me being a patriot apologist or anything. I don't believe it was a dirty play. I believe Mac Jones when he says, "Hey, look, I just got hit. I didn't know what was going on. I thought he had the football. I'm trying to bring him down." I, to me, I have a hard time believing that Mac Jones, in the heat of the moment like that, just says, "You know what? I'm going to try to break this guy's ankle." I just I just have a hard time believing that. And I think, and I said this this week on my show, I believe that if it was any other team than the New England Patriots, we wouldn't be hearing about this. Oh, no, we would not. You know, no, I mean, we would not I, I mean am I, I'm, so I'm not wrong. No, I think, what I think is that I agree with you. I think that he probably thought that he had the ball and was just trying to make the play. But even if he does, you know, even if he did try to, you know, kind of rip his ankle off. <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> you know, like, well, you don't see quarterbacks doing that very often. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know, that's a little, little attitude. This kid is like so clean cut, always says right. the perfect thing, like kind of a chubby little, he's like a, he's like 18 years old. He looks like he's 18 yeah. years old. I mean, yeah. he looks like a high school quarterback out there. But if he's got a little mean streak to him, all right, you know, stick your nose, stick his nose <laughs> in the dirt, let's rub on it. I mean, you need that from your quarterback a little bit there. You know, obviously I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to advocate for injuries, but you know, I, I think that Mac Jones is a very cerebral person and does things that most people wouldn't think to do. I th- and especially for his young age. So I don't think it was, you know, on purpose or dirty or whatever it was, but you know, a little attitude doesn't hurt anybody. How concerned are you about, Mac Jones, in, in term, look, they have a winning record, so we can't be too concerned. But you look at his numbers last week, and you go, ah, 12 for 18, that's not bad, you know, 139. But he, he, I don't know, Dan, it just to me, he just, 
he's just not there yet. And he and he and they're they're trying to take the training wheels off a little bit, but he's he's missing open guys. You know, he, he the the interception he threw. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, so those are the things. And, and I know that he's still a rookie, and we have to we have to keep remembering that. You know, and and he's still better than Cam Newton. That's all I'm going to say. But but at the same time, I mean. Should we be concerned as the season goes on and the, the pressure is going to get higher and higher and higher, do you have confidence in this kid that, that he's going to be able to come through for them? Or is he going to – or are they going to have to do what they did early in the season and just say, please don't lose this game for us? I, I still don't think the training wheels have come off that much. Okay. You know, I still think that they let him. I guess they're, let, they're letting they're letting him throw it down the field a little bit. Anyway. They are a little bit more, I think, but it's also him. Yeah. You know, making those decisions and and seeing where things are at. Um, and when he gets burned, he's like, okay, I got to temper it back and you know learn from that. But he has kind of plateaued over the last couple of weeks. Seems uh, it, yeah. I would say, yep. yeah. You know, I mean, he was on a trajectory up, and really since that Charger game, I mean, that that really was the point where he had the 300 yard game against the Jets, and then the Charger game and then the Panther game, he's kind of, you know, he's kind of getting sped up a little bit more. And, you know, you could say what you want about Mac Jones, but to me, again, Mac Jones is the, the trajectory for Mac Jones is not for what happens to the, to the end of this year. Right. It's what happens halfway through next year, Yep. you know, and where he's at. Because right now, you look, go have a look at all the other first round draft picks yeah, and right. quarterbacks in yeah. the draft. And tell me that you think that any of those guys are doing just as good. I mean, the Patriots look, they're, it's going to be. You don't always compare the guys to your draft class, but compared to what he's been, yeah. what he's been compared to, and being the fifth guy taken, he's I'd say best, he's doing yeah. pretty damn good. Uh, he's I the, would say he's that. the best of the five that were taken in the first round. Right now, yeah. I think so. I, I agree. I agree. So um, I'm not overly concerned okay. at this point. That their expectations are not to win a Super Bowl right now. Although you would want that, I it's I just don't expect that to happen. So. Uh, the you know the first thing I thought of last week when the Patriot defense played so well, and I I, I harken back to a couple of weeks ago when you said I believe Bill Belichick is going to start actually taking over this defense again and start making calls and you know and and the the defensive effort we saw uh, the last couple of weeks kind of tells you that something has changed in terms of who's who's calling the shots. Uh, no question. I mean, if you look at the if you listen to any of the sideline reporters and the people that are in the building. They're saying Bill's not even looking at the field when they're on offense. Like right. he's he's running through he's running through, you know, um, the iPads or the Surface Pros and then all the pictures on the defensive scheme, and then going through that with the defense and talking with Steve, uh, the son Belichick and and Gerard Mayo and all those guys. So absolutely, and I think you could see a dramatic change. What they did against the Chargers is the biggest evidence of that. That, that this is a normally a man. Uh, coverage team and they ran like 70% zone in the game right. to confuse Justin Herbert. I think the game plans have been more heavily geared towards the hands of, of bill than anybody else for the last three weeks. And that's what it's going to take. That's what it's going to take at this point. Let's uh, talk about the other speculation with the Patriots. And that was after Odell Beckham jr. Got released. Of course, everybody oh, is salivating to have him, come to new England. Now, uh, you know, the, the reports seem to be that new England is not on, on his list of uh, top three teams where he wants to go. Having said that, even if the Patriots had a chance to get him, do they need that distraction right now? I mean, you know, seriously, I mean, they've got a team that is playing well. You've got yourself in the midst of things. And to throw in a personality like that with the baggage that he has. And look, I know Bill Belichick has a, has a way of kind of, uh, you know, 
getting guys to fall in line, but I keep thinking back to the distraction, uh, you know, that they had the last couple of years with Josh Gordon, et cetera, et cetera, Antonio Brown, and it didn't work out so well. Uh, you think? I yeah. mean, this is a horrible decision if this was to happen. I mean, I, I just – look, I thought that guy turned a corner in Cleveland. Clearly, it did not work. Um, I think coming off an ACL tear, I, I would not offer anything, offer him anything more than the veteran minimum. But why even make the offer? Right. You have this young quarterback that's going to have to deal with that now? Like, no, see you later. If anything – I think the argument would be that it would be a rental for six months, right. basically, and see you know what he has. And you know the Patriots do need wide receiver help. There's mm-hmm. no question about that. But um, I think they need more wide receiver help in terms of speed in the slot position rather than rather than play Odell Beckham. I mean, I I just don't get it. I, I don't get this move at all. They're not a passing offense. Let him go, you know, have fun in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes and try to, you know, revive that corpse. And, you know, let it, you know, if, if the NFL is not going to punish Aaron Rodgers and then just go give it, go give it, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. and, and see what happens there. And, you know, wh- whatever he wants out there, just go somewhere else. I mean, I, I don't get this obsession with the wide receiver and having the big time play. Like everybody thinks they're going to find Randy Moss Randy again. Moss, yeah. And they've, I... they've tried this. They've tried this. And even Randy Moss lasted three years. Right. You know, I mean, he had that one amazing year. He probably would have had a good second year. But, you know, Chad Ochocinco, Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon. Do we have to keep doing this? Do we have to keep doing this? Well, well, uh, if if you listen to Patriot fans, the answer would be yes. I mean, you know, it sounds like you're in the minority as far as uh, Patriot supporters go in in terms of this. Which is a sad state of affairs because people are so desperate to get those 20 years back. It's like, guys, let it go. It's a new team. Why <laughs> not loud. All right, let's stay in the uh, the AFC East and let's talk about the shocker of the week. And I don't oh, think there was, I don't think there was any bigger shocker maybe this season than the Jacksonville Jaguars beating the Buffalo Bills in an absolute snooze fest. Uh, and and it wasn't because Trevor Lawrence played well. Nope. It's because Josh Allen played well. The <laughs> well, other yeah, Josh yeah, Allen. Yeah, the other Josh Allen, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. real Josh Allen yeah. played well. Yeah. I mean, what a what an event. I mean, there's no one on planet Earth. This was my number one pick of the week on Sunday card. It was Bills minus 13. Uh, I, I was just, it was one of my, I was like, this is no way. I mean, this is the worst team in the league versus the best team in the league. Uh, they're going to, they're going to get murdered. And I, I've never seen <laughs> I don't think we've seen an upset like that in what? I mean, I can't even remember long the last time. time we saw. Yeah, long, long time. time. Yeah, yeah. Like, the Bills were coming off. I mean, they were just rolling every team, and their defense continues to play well. But Josh Allen has kind of reverted back into a pumpkin a little bit. Well, I you, think you, know, he's... you had said there may be some aggression, and, and that's that seems to be the case. I mean, a couple, can we, can couple we of picks. Also, can we also just acknowledge here – I, not only is there regression, and look, I've had the Bills as, as the best team in football the last few weeks, but can we just say the Bills haven't beaten anybody? The Bills have beaten Washington, Houston, Miami twice, and Kansas City. That's fair. They haven't beaten anybody, and they're playing the Jets this week. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. Gonna, I, I'm, I'm not sure that was in the bag either. Now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, at this point, way Mike yeah. White's ripping it up. I mean, goodness, youth pastor Mike White over there. I mean, he's. I mean, this is Bills team. That might be, including by myself, a little overrated. 
And I think that's why the NFL is so fun this year, because that AFC is wide open. And now it's even more wide open, knowing how vulnerable the Bills are. Yeah, you know, the other part with the Bills is is they continually shot themselves in the foot, too. There are 12 yeah. penalties in this game. I mean, you know, they did everything they could to hand this game to Jacksonville, and Jacksonville almost didn't want it. Seriously. And you know what the Bills' problem really is, is that they just don't care to run the football. Yeah. They just they just won't do it. I mean, Jacksonville's – Jacksonville actually does a pretty good job against the run. Yeah, what did they do? They ran, they ran like 14 times last week, and five of those were the quarterback. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, to me, I don't understand. Sometimes you got to punch dudes in the mouth. Like, let's go. And I don't care if Jacksonville's bad against uh, against the pass. Like, you couldn't figure it out for right. three quarters. You don't think maybe at one point you're going to change it up a little bit, take what they give you. I mean, I don't understand it. So Buffalo has to find themselves a little bit here a little rocky waters up in uh, Lake Erie area. Um, another game last week that I, I wasn't necessarily – well, no, I wasn't surprised at the outcome. Once we found out Aaron Rodgers was not playing in the game, I was not surprised that Kansas City won the game. What surprised me was the kind of game it was. It was low scoring, ugly. Uh, I mean, it just was uh, – I mean, uh, Patrick Mahomes – wasn't good again. You know, I mean, he yeah. continues to, to, to overthrow wide-open receivers, throw balls behind guys. He almost got Travis Kelsey killed a couple of times in that game. You know, so I think the thing that just shocked me was not that Kansas City won, but that it was 13-7. to Yeah. I mean, a lot of balls from Mahomes does end up recently at, like, the feet of his receivers. Yeah. Uh, and, and trying to, like, rip these balls into areas and roll out of the pocket and – and it's still, I mean, today we just saw a quote from uh, one of the Chiefs coaches today saying Patrick Mahomes is going to continue to, to for the big play. Like, I mean, at some point, <laughs> right. do you not realize that, you know, this isn't working? Something is broken here. Right. And you have to fundamentally kind of change, not fundamentally change, but you have to tinker with this product, what you're putting out there. And, and the only reason you won the game is because the Packers drafted a kid who has no idea how to play football. <laughs> I mean, I have never seen this kid has been sitting on the bench for a year and a half. Right. He couldn't throw the ball five yards down the field. Right. Like it was one of, I kid you not. That was one of the worst quarterback performances that reminded me of the Broncos last year with the wide receiver at quarterback. Yep. I mean, seriously, it was that bad for, for love. And you know, I mean, I know people are killing Aaron Rodgers this week, but if I'm a Packers fan, I'm saying pay that guy whatever he wants. Like, get him, whatever, because they have no <laughs> succession plan. Yeah, They have no plan. Right. There's no plan. So, again, like we're going to harp on Kansas City. I have no idea why they're favorites again this week. They've been favorites every single week for no reason. They're not a good football team. Uh, but the Packers, I mean, they seriously have to think about the future and what's going to happen after this year. That that told me everything I needed to know. Yeah, well, Aaron Rodgers basically has – he has uh... – uh, job security for as long as he wants it now. Yeah. You know, I mean, because that, you know, you're right. I mean, uh, they're going to have to open the Brinks truck. He's got them right where he wanted them over oh. the over the summertime when he was threatening to, to not play. Uh, he's really got them where, you know, because now he's saying, see, guys, I told you you needed me. You know, the, I mean. The, the last dance, the double birds, uh, double birds <laughs> trip down memory lane. It's all this season. It's all this season. He's going out. Guns blazing. That's yeah. what he wants. 
So uh, the uh, the one of the most entertaining games of the week was the game I didn't want to watch. I watched it because it was the only game on, but I di- I wanted to watch that Steelers Bears game like I wanted a root canal, <laughs> and it turned out to be an entertaining game. Yes, it did. I mean, it really did. Now the the biggest controversy, of course, happens late in the game, the taunting penalty that was called, uh, that allowed Pittsburgh to continue a drive. They ended up getting a field goal out of it. If that doesn't happen, perhaps they need a touchdown at the end of the game, not a field goal. Maybe they don't win that game. But, uh, again, you know, and I I guess, I mean, I looked at it, you know, and I guess you could say it is taunting. But to me, you know, they'll let Tampa Bay scores a touchdown. They'll let, like, the entire team go into the end zone and sit down like they're rowing a boat. And this guy, like, turns to the other <laughs> sideline and, you know, celebrates a little bit, and they're throwing a flag. I mean, again, that's one of those things for the NFL. Not a good look. Yeah, the no fun league. Yeah. King, King Rogers is thrown here. Nuts. I mean, it's, it's, it's really crazy. Although I will say this. Um, it reminds me of the situation. We know, like, that it's a terrible penalty, and the emphasis on it is stupid. Right. But guess what, dude? It's They've been calling yeah. it all year. <laughs> yeah, there is you know? that. Yeah. And you know yeah. who it was? Cassius Marsh, yeah, who was who's with... the biggest loser in right. the history of the New England Patriots. Right. So I feel no remorse for Cassius Marsh <laughs> at all. As soon as I saw it, I said, yep, that's him. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Guy belongs in a in Nickelback or something the way he looks. I mean, he looks ridiculous. <laughs> so, you know, I don't I don't feel bad for Cassius Marsh at all. Um, but I still hate the taunting rules. I think they make the game less watchable and uh, if it affects the outcome of a game, which I'm not sure if this one did, people like these guys on Twitter, like Dolph Kleiman and Ari Marov and all these people that want to just bloviate and talk to to be heard, you know, it's it, it kind of gets overwhelming at some at sometimes. So I don't think it really affected the game. I still hate the the taunting emphasis though. The uh, the other thing that that surprised me about this game and one of the reasons it was so shocking to me is that you know look this is not a bad Pittsburgh Steelers defense. They gave up over 400 yards to the Chicago Bears. Yeah, you know, not not the uh, not the juggernaut of offenses in the NFL, and it was almost like I, I don't know what the hell uh, uh, Justin Fields had at halftime, but he was a different quarterback in the second half. I'll tell you what I think Justin Fields again, and I've said this since the draft. I thought Justin Fields probably had the most talent out of anybody in the draft. I think he's just so talented, and I think he's going to be a good quarterback. His coach has no clue what he's doing. Out there. His coach <laughs> yeah. has no idea yeah. about clock management right. uh, and and down and distance and situational football. Has no clue. Just is, has his head stuck in his play sheet trying to highlight plays. Uh, on the calls. I mean, it's it's so ridiculous, and I feel terrible that he's in that position because if Fields had a halfway decent coach, he would be able to really flourish, really, really flourish, and hopefully the Bears will smarten up and send that guy packing. I mean, he is awful. Well, don't hold back. Tell me what you really think. <laughs> um, another uh, bit of a shocker last week. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but the Rams laid an egg last week. And Tennessee goes on the road. That is a that is a quality quality win for the Tennessee Titans, and and that's a statement game. You know the Rams, who are perhaps you know outside of Tampa, maybe you know the second or third best team in in the uh, NFC. And Tennessee really took it to them in this game. This I mean it wasn't even the fi- this final score wasn't even as close as the game. You know it wasn't even that close. Yeah, uh, no, I, mean, I was Tennessee just I was dominated dr- this, and without you know their big guy, and they still 
absolutely dominated. How about the resurgence of one Adrian, Adrian Peterson? Peterson? You cannot kill him. He is he's <laughs> unbelievable. He's indestructible. The guy is unbelievable. But I will say this. Uh, I I was driving home from Mississippi on, on Sunday and ended up watching the first quarter and seeing, oh, 3 nothing. okay, Rams looking pretty good coming down. And I turn it back on, like, you know, a few minutes later, it's 21-3. I'm right. like, what on earth? Yeah. I mean, I had to go look back and watch. The, I mean, I what a job by Tannehill. I mean, what a job by, by Vrabel and the game plan and the scheme. Right now, I mean, look at the Titans. Four straight wins against really good teams yeah. against against teams now kansas city granted they're, they're you know what they are but buffalo they beat indianapolis on the road that's not an easy game playing a division opponent on the road and then we're going on the road on a sunday night beating the rams right i mean this team has just been kind of you know surprisingly beating everyone's expectations I'm really actually kind of impressed yeah, by, by I, the right, titans right now I'm, they'd, I'm, I'm, they'd be the number one seed in the afc right now Absolutely, and I and I think that right now the way they've game planned for teams, I think you got to give the coach of the year at this point through the halfway point in the season to Vrabel. I think he's done a fantastic job for what he's worked with. Um, they got Julio Jones in here. It's the defense though that's impressive. Yeah, we didn't think that defense was going to be very good. They get Kevin Byard with a pick six. They they have other interceptions on Matt Stafford. Oh, they were really, all I mean, they were all over Stafford. I mean, they all over him. sacked him five times, and even when they weren't sacking him, they were they were in his face or or hitting him. And I mean, he just had a nightmare of a day. I'll tell you what they they beat up that that Rams offensive line. That's like the one weakness the Rams have is can their offensive line hold up against a, a, a quality you know, pass rush and the Titans have proven that they have it. So we'll see. They, they emulate their coach really well, but the Tennessee Titans all of a sudden are, are looking pretty good. I'm not too worried about the Rams. I still think the Rams are up there at the top yeah. of the NFC. I, uh, I, I was, uh, I had to laugh that uh, your boy, Sonny Michelle made it look a little bit closer. Oh right? man. And I've got Daryl Henderson on my fantasy team. Oh, so yeah. that it's, it hits oh, me right were, in the you chest. Were, you were happy. Oh, make me want to throw up. That one, oh, it's terrible. Um, another surprising result from last week, although I don't know if it really is surprising anymore considering that Jameis Winston is not playing, but uh, a heck of a win on the road for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. How about Matty Ice? Well, I mean, 343 yards. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that was his best game of the year. Huge. Didn't have Calvin Ridley. Didn't matter. I mean, like the, the Kyle Pitts was, was – uh, Emerging there at the tight end position, yeah, and had they, a really good game. And they did not run the ball at all. They didn't. I mean, they 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 gave it lip service, but what they have about thirty yards on the ground. No, they the the, the Falcons just they don't even know what ground is. I mean, <laughs> they, they take an airplane everywhere. <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously. Yeah. So you know, I mean, especially against that Saints defense. That Saints defense is good. Yeah. It's really good, and they and they went up and down the field on them in their building. So. Uh, a little bit of a, I'm pretty surprised at that result. I, I really did were think you? that the Saints were going to win that game. I, I wasn't sure if they were going to cover the number, but I thought they were going to win that game. Um, Atlanta just has not been very good, and now they're they're starting to put pieces together again. It takes time for the the coach and the quarterback to kind of mesh when they got a new offense. And I think Arthur Smith has done a pretty decent job so far, just being patient. Yep. Um, the Saints, what are they going to do at quarterback? That's that's a great question. Um, I don't think it's very worth it to bring Odell in there because, you know, at this point, we right. don't have a quarterback right now. So right. it's is it Simeon? Is it Taysom Hill? I thought Taysom Hill played better than Simeon when he came into the game. But, you know, it's going to be a week-to-week basis. But I trust nobody more than I trust Sean Payton. Nobody. Maybe outside of Belichick, that would be it. Like, Sean Payton has done a fantastic job 
with what he's been dealt. So as long as they have Kamara going forward, I think they'll be okay. The other shocker of the week last week, uh, the Dallas Cowboys got absolutely rolled by the Denver Broncos. And it wasn't because Teddy Bridgewater was great, because he wasn't. Got sacked four times. You know, it wasn't great. But they, the Dallas Cowboys, could not stop the run. I mean, yeah. Melvin Gordon, you know, was was everywhere. I mean, they just, you know, it was kind of a, it was an embarrassment. It really was. It was. Yeah. It was. I mean, they almost got, I thought they were going to get, it was 30 to nothing with six minutes left in the game. Yeah, and Dallas coming uh, Dallas coming off of I can't remember if Dallas was off the bye or not, but I think they uh regardless, they was oh, they was they had just beaten Minnesota yeah, on right. Sunday night. That's what had happened. But um yeah, you're absolutely 100% right. How about Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, the rookie out of North Carolina was just bouncing off guys. He was carrying like six dudes with him like he was right. like he was, you know, bagging groceries and just carrying <laughs> people's cars. I mean, he was he was incredible. He was incredible. And and how about how about big Tim Patrick? on Sunday too, had a fantastic game at the wide receiver position. Yep. So they played really well. The shocking thing was Dallas's offense just couldn't get off the ground. I mean, Dak was just overthrowing guys and his first game back off an injury. Yes. But you know, overthrowing guys and they couldn't, they, they kept going for it on fourth down and not getting it. And at Denver, again, sometimes when you have that old wise sage defensive coordinator at your head coaching position, can breed some advantages can breed some advantages. Denver is a team that's getting a lot healthier. They're getting a lot younger. They've made a trade for a linebacker. Uh, and they're getting a lot of their guys back as well. And they got a really, really good scheme wise head coach that knows how to coach the defense. If Teddy Bridgewater just takes care of the football right now, I'd probably say the Denver Broncos are the best team in the AFC West. I, I really believe that. I, I, I think that there's a too many inconsistencies with all the other teams. I think the Broncos going forward, I think they got the the advantage going forward and winning that division. Well, you know, uh, it's never a good thing when uh, when your owner uh, takes you to task after a game. But I guess Jerry no. Jones, I guess Jerry Jones lit the boys up a little bit. I still think that some of this was a, a at least offensively for Dallas. Some of it, I think, was uh, that that uh, Dak Prescott just wasn't ready. You know, I think that there was flat. You know, he, he was, came out yeah. flat. I, you know, but. But it wasn't. But it was that wasn't the issue at the end of the day. It was the fact that Dallas just couldn't stop anybody. You know. They yeah. Just, I mean, that was that was the shocking part to me. That's not that's not as shocking to me for Dallas. Not to if Dallas plays the the wrong offense, they could be in trouble. There's there's no question about that. But they're going to have to score to beat some of these teams, and if right. they can't do that, I mean, that's a serious problem. Um, all right, let's uh, let's get into some of the stuff going on this week, um, and uh, let's let's get to uh, to your picks. Um, we, we got some we got some turkeys again this week, but we got a handful of games that aren't too bad. Uh, let's start out with this one, and uh, we're going to start in Tennessee, the New Orleans Saints at Tennessee. Tennessee, a three point favorite. Uh, to me, that may not be enough. You think so, huh? Yeah. I mean, based on what I saw last week from New Orleans, I think that, you know, I think this Tennessee team is for real. I, you know, I, I saw your, by the way, your, your, uh, your power ratings this week. And uh, I was, mm. sho- I was shocked that you still had Buffalo number one. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think Tennessee right now is the, is the best team. And, and I'm not just saying just because they're seven and two, but like you said, look at the quality wins that they've had. 
you know, and whether you want to call Kansas City a quality win or not, you know what? That's still better than beating the New York Jets. Um, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> maybe. But, 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 but to me right now, I think Tennessee is the best team in the AFC. Um, I would say so. I think the Buffalo still, like I said, like I, I think I'm probably overrating Buffalo. Again, my, my rankings are based on a statistical model, not on anything else, not on my personal opinion. I go by the numbers, and if it was my personal opinion, I'd probably say the same thing to you. But, you know, I, 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 do, think that, I do think that Tennessee, as good as they have played, how long can they keep this up? I, I just wonder that. I, I, without Henry, you know, right. again, as good as they played and as good as Tannehill was – I think that the Saints are going to get a little bit of a kick in the tuchus from last week and realize, hey, you know, we got to play better on defense. That that we we got to give our our guys an opportunity. We shouldn't be giving up 27 points to the Falcons. I mean, we we really should have we should have won that game more uh, easily. So and we should have won the game. So I think that this week the Saints will rebound, even though the Titans have been really really hot. I think you got to fade the hot team right here and okay. and take and take the Saints. So I'll take the Saints, even though it's on the road. Wow. I think the Saints win a very close game with defense and running the football. You know, you look at this Tennessee schedule. Outside of this game with New Orleans, and then they play the, – the only tough games I think they have left, they have to play at New England. And, and I'm not sure how tough a game that's going to be. I think it's going to be tougher because it's on the road. And mm-hmm. they have to play at Pittsburgh. Outside of that – they may not lose another game. They still have to. They get to play Houston twice yet. You know. Wow. I mean, they've and got to play Jacksonville. They got to play right? Jacksonville. You know, yeah. they got to play Miami. Uh, those are four wins, and right? They got, <laughs> and they got the 49ers at home. Okay. On a Thursday night. I mean, I think you know what? They might lose two more games. They'll, they're going to at least win eleven games. Yeah, at least. I think they probably. Yeah. You know, I think they probably win. I think they probably win twelve. I mean, that's, they could win twelve. I mean, that's, no question. That's that's uh, that's a pretty easy schedule they have going down the stretch. So I, I think they have the easiest remaining schedule of anybody in the NFL, which is wild. Uh, this next one uh, again, an interesting game because uh, I'm not sure what the Chargers are. I'm sure as hell not sure what the Vikings are. I mean, the Vikings are a slightly better version of the Detroit Lions right now. Uh, find, <laughs> finding way to lose games. Uh, the game is at Los Angeles. The Chargers are a three-point favorite against the Minnesota Vikings. Well, neither of these two teams played very well last no, week. No, no, they did I not. I will say the Chargers let the. I mean, they were lucky. Uh, we we had the Eagles on the card, and and I was just absolutely just gut wrenched when they lost the game. So we really liked the Eagles last week, and and the Eagles played well. The Eagles moved the ball up and down the field on them. The Chargers are now going up against Dalvin Cook and, and that running game, and I, I assume Dalvin Cook will be there right for now. Right. But um, you know, with the with the issue going on there, but um, the Chargers right now again, this, this the the idea that they're gonna they're gonna just stop the run all of a sudden. People keep saying, well, they got to get a game plan. They're gonna get a game plan. They know it's bad. It's like We're okay, waiting. but eventually, <laughs> eventually, like hello, yeah. what, you know, how many weeks are we gonna say that? Right. And the Vikings are just the opposite of, I think they're the opposite of the Ravens, the team they just played last week. They play all these close games and they lose. Yeah. The Ravens just played all those close games and they win. Right. It's incredible. It's incredible to me. So on the road, toss-up game, I'll take the dog. I'll take the Vikings on the road. I'll, I'll, I'll lay it. You know, I, I think people are starting to figure out the Chargers. And, and against a good defensive coach like Zimmer, I think they'll figure it out. Uh, this next one, uh, you liked the Eagles last week. Uh, do you like them at Denver this week? Denver is a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home coming off a big win. This seems like, to me, 
the perfect time for a letdown for the Denver Broncos. Uh, it would seem that way, but I'm not. I'm not going there. Not against the Eagles. I think the. I think the Eagles get routed here. Really, I think they get absolutely routed. Yep. I, th- I like the Broncos a lot. I've liked the Broncos since the beginning of the year. Uh, they just had injuries. I think they're fully healthy now. The coach has it. I know they lost Von Miller, but Von Miller wasn't really playing that much. Right. He, he hadn't played in a few weeks. So, you know, to me, the secondary is playing out of their minds. The Eagles play just no defense. I've never seen a team just sit back and just be like, here, here's, you take it. Go ahead. You're right in the end zone. <laughs> I mean, I've just never seen a team do this in my whole life. Right. Is that they just have no adjustments made at all. They're going to be able to run the football on the Eagles more than likely. They'll probably be able to throw it on them, too. They'll probably be able to do what they want. I just don't see the Eagles the Eagles' defense really holding up against Denver. And I don't, I can't imagine. I think Vic Banjo is going to, just going to pick this kid apart. Because yeah, right now, he can't throw the football. Like he just he just can't. Hurts just can't throw the football. He's all scramble or, or, or nothing right now. So I'm, I'm Broncos easy. This next one is a fascinating game. We could have the battle of two quarterbacks that have not practiced all week. Uh, Seattle is at Green Bay, and supposedly Russell Wilson has been cleared to play. Aaron Rodgers uh, is, I guess, going to uh, Zoom meetings, and he will be uh, eligible to come off the COVID list on Saturday. So we don't know whether who's who's going to play quarterback. I assume both those guys will play with a whole hell of a lot of rust. Uh, yep. Green Bay is a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Yeah. Um, oh, no, actually, this is a toughie. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's at, it's at, at Green, Green Bay. Bay. Yep. Um, this is a toughie because at this point, you got to choose between, you know, the lesser of two evils. Would you rather have seven days removed, your thumb or your, your hand getting pins moved out of it, or would you rather not be able to practice for two weeks and come <laughs> off of COVID? Right. Uh, pick your poison, I guess, it would be that one. But to me um, – I, I think that in this game and the way we've seen some of these quarterbacks come off of COVID, uh, you can get a little bit of that foggy brain, you know, yeah. and, and I think that at the, just Rogers just coming right off of it, having no practice. That seems a little dicey to me. And it seems like the Packers have really gotten fortunate in a lot of their wins. Um, I'm going to take the Seahawks here. I think, I think Russ has been really ramped up and ready to go because he knows no person and, and including Derrick Henry, there's no person more important to their team than Russell Wilson because that team just dies without, without him. him. Yeah, it's true. So he's just so, so good. So I think it's a big game for Seattle. Um, I'm not sure how they cover Metcalf. I'm not sure how they do it. They've been doing a good job with some of these receivers, but Metcalf and Lockett getting thrown their way, that's going to be real tough. Um, Kansas City Chiefs are at Las Vegas this week. Vegas continues to uh, be the soap opera of the NFL. They have now cut ties with both of their first-round picks, uh, you know, from the last draft. Sheesh. You know, I mean, uh, and it's like, you know, what's next? I mean, what a what a sideshow that has become. Kansas City is a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Vegas. That's a nice lasting legacy by John Gruden yeah, there. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, to me, uh, cue, cue the uh, cue the John Facenda. The autumn wind is a raider. We're gonna we're gonna take the Raiders, no really? doubt about it. Okay. I have no idea why the Chiefs are favored in this game. I have just on the road, I have yeah. no yeah. on the road in a divisional opponent where the Raiders have been playing. I mean, look, the Raiders obviously kind of threw up a stinker at, at MetLife last week, losing right. to the Giants. Right. But the Giants' defense has played actually pretty decent. This is the worst defense in football. 
like the worst defense in football. By all the metrics, they're terrible. So, you know, to me, uh, I, I just see Carr having a great day. I think Carr is the thing that keeps that team together. And I think he'll 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 have they gotta find a way, unfortunate thing that happened with Henry Ruggs, but yeah. You know, they got to find a way to replace him. That's going to be a little bit more difficult. But, you know, I, I think Waller has a big game here, too, and, and they're able to, to do what they want against that Chiefs defense. All right. Uh, your Cleveland Browns are going to be hosting your New England Patriots. <laughs> Actually, no, it's going to be at New England. I'm sorry. And the, the yes. Patriots are a point-and-a-half favorite. The question here is, is will Nick Chubb play? And if he doesn't, does that – kill the chances for the Cleveland Browns. Oh no, no, it doesn't. I mean they could still the I mean they got they got more running backs than Carter's got little liver pills, but you know, <laughs> I mean I just you know, it's like it just seems like a, one guy goes down and because uh you know I, obviously he's there he's their big stud, but you know, is he gonna play? And you don't think it matters? Not not, not sure. I, I think it matters. I think it definitely matters, but again, it's not just him; it's Demetric Felton. Right. He's also in the COVID on the COVID list, so right. we'll see if they can get clear cleared. Excuse me, but the Patriots also have issues at running back too. I mean, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson have okay, both yeah. not cleared concussion protocol yet. Right. Right. So there's a good chance that Damian Harris is not going to play. Um, <sighs> I think this is a huge, which is a huge blow. I mean, yeah. that's a big blow. So as good as those guys played the last few weeks, right. this to me is a coin flip game. Um, I think you could choose either one of these teams to win. Uh, I'm really scared of Miles Garrett. <laughs> I am very scared of Miles Garrett and yeah. and what he presents. The Patriots' offensive line is going to have to be prepared for that. Um, look, these two teams defend the run really, really well. Uh, it's it should be a battle in there. I think special teams will certainly have something to come down to it. I think you're going to need big performances from from Nick Folk and from and from Jake Bailey in the punting game. It's going to be one of those games when, where when, when you're talking when you're talking about special teams, that's never a good sign. It's not. It's not. <laughs> but I think I, I I think both teams both teams are going to need it. This is going to be one of those games that Belichick is going to try to have the other team out dumb themselves, you know, like one of those, just let them make the mistake right. you know, and, and, and they'll win the game. My, my man, I've been going back and forth in this game all week. And, and part of me really thinks the Browns are going to win this game. I, I'm going to take the Patriots one more time. I just, I, I don't know how much more juice I can squeeze out of this team, but this to me is going to be a very telling this is either going to tell us that the Patriots are a fringe playoff team or they're really legit. Right. Like they're really legit if they can win this game. Uh, Mac, we'll see if he plays well. I don't know. Um, the game plan is obviously going to be load the box and make Baker beat you and keep him in the pocket. That's going to be the game plan for them. So we know what the defense is going to do. We know what the Cleveland defense is going to do is force Mac to beat them too. Neither team, uh, you could see some fireworks too in this game. Just watch out. But I, I think the Patriots will find a way at home. They have not played well at home this year. Right. So this is a big booster for them if they can do it. Um, you know, the other thing is, is it's going to be a short week for the Patriots as well after they have yep. this. They go on the road and play at Atlanta on Thursday night. So uh, it, it might even be, you know, I don't know that they'll think this way, but you, you almost think like with guys like uh, Stevenson and Harris, even if they're, you know, even if they get cleared, would they hold one of them out to make sure with a quick turnaround that they don't run the risk of, you know, 
of, of having a problem on the short turnaround? I, I think there could be a possibility of that, although just leaving Brandon Bolden and J.J. Taylor out there is, is a risky proposition yeah, against this yeah, team. So yeah. Yeah, that's the only two. Maybe you throw John U. Smith a bone and have him play running back. I don't know. Oh, good like, Lord. You know, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, if you got to figure it out. you got to figure it out. We'll, we'll, we'll see what they do. But I think that's going to be the best game on the board is that game. I think that game is the two most evenly matched teams this you know, uh, I, I forgot to mention this when we were talking about Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, reports are that Cam Newton is in Carolina working out. Uh, the reports are actually that he's been signed. Oh, yeah. By the Carolina Panthers. I did not realize he'd been signed. Last I saw, he was just down there. He, they signed him. They have signed him. Full circle. Deal. Yes. How about that? How about that? We just It all comes back around in the end, I suppose. So. Yeah. I don't imagine that he'll play this week, but I, I can't imagine that next week they play the Washington football team, and that's Ron Rivera's team. Right. So you oh, could be, see yeah, a little, maybe something happen. A little there. drama. Uh, a little bit. Before I let you go, uh, college football. How about the University of Connecticut today? Wild. Hiring Jim Mora, former UCLA coach, former uh, coach in the uh, NFL, and he is the new head football coach at the University of Connecticut. I was shocked. I was absolutely yeah. shocked that, that, that they were able to get him. Now, some people, obviously, there are some people that will tell you some things about Jim Moore Jr. in the past and this and that. But I think for that school, that's a great hire. million, million mean, and a half bucks that, a year. That can get hey, you a lot. Yeah. I mean, that, okay, you're absolutely right on that one. <laughs> it's a, probably a better better contract than they were paying Edsel. They're getting more bang yeah. for their buck there. Yeah. So. I don't know. I mean, what do you think of it? I think that's a. I thought it was I, a pretty I, good move. Hey, look, they're one and eight. Uh, they are. I don't even know if they're on life support anymore. They're they're almost <laughs> dead. You know. I mean, I I think that they had to do this. They had to go out and make a splash and bring in someone with a pedigree because it's the only chance I think this team has of resurrecting anything because they got to have somebody that has the name recognition. So kids are going to say, "Oh, wow, I could go play for a former NFL coach." You know, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, I think, I think that for Dave Benedict and UConn, this might have been. I, I mean, whether it'll be successful or not, I don't know. But my my initial reaction is, it's a home run. Well, if if, if they're not in a bowl game, if they're not getting the six six wins in the next three years, I think it's out to kick the door. I mean, with with that guy, I yeah. think he he knows the landscape, he knows the game. Um, it, it can't just be a passing camp to him, you know, right. like it's, it's UConn. So, and I don't, I don't know if there's any more cachet than a passing camp for UConn. <laughs> like, I think that there's, you know, it's a division one program. Yeah. And I'm not sure it should be a division one program, but that's, I'm not sure. Either. You know, well, maybe division one, but maybe it should be uh, the subdivision, you know, and mm. play uh, central Connecticut and Yale and, you know, those kind of teams rather than going out and trying to play, uh, you know, I mean, cause I just, it, to me, I just don't know. I think they, they got lightning in a bottle, you know, that one year with Randy Etzel because he, you know, he had transfers from all over the place. And, you know, I just not sure. It's not a football school. It's just not. That's what Moore is going to need is, is transfers all over the place. Well, and he's already said he's already said he's going to the portal. Yeah, he's so. any better. That's that's their only chance of having any success. I will see you in the Conference USA. Yeah. <laughs> one more one more college football thing for you. The uh, the the playoff uh, standings came out for the uh, the college football playoffs. Mm. And uh you know, I, I I can't believe 
Now, the, AC, the AP vote's different, but I can't believe that people are actually voting Cincinnati as the second-best team in the country. I can't. I mean, that, I don't understand. I mean, they're ra- and I'll tell you what, they're ranked fifth in the the playoff poll and I or the playoff standings. I think that's still too high. <laughs> don't you? Uh, I think that Michigan's better than them. Oh, yeah. yes. I, I think Michigan's better than them. Yeah. I, I think Michigan would beat them. I, I, Notre Dame losing to them, it's like, okay – Notre Dame is Notre Dame. They're just they're they're not a great team. They're not a bad team. Like they're Notre Dame, but they don't have any quality wins. And they're playing down to these teams like Tulane and right. Tulsa and right. Navy and like and then people complain that oh Alabama played down to LSU. It's LSU. LSU. <laughs> it's LSU. I don't care that Eddie Edo is out the door and all these different things. I mean, give me a break. You're played one. One quality team. Right. Alabama plays in the hardest conference, in the hardest division in all of college football. Right. Like, yeah. don't don't the, the, even come call. It's it's a insult. Yeah, the to S- say, but the SEC is so far. It's just so much better than every other conference, including the, it's, including it, the Big Ten. I mean, it's just the, so much. Better. Including the freaking American. Like, get yeah. out of here with that. That's <laughs> that's atrocious. I think it's going to be fun though. If, if Cincinnati gets in, it's going to create a lot of conflict. Oh so my that'll goodness. Be fun. Well. Hey, how was the trip to, to Mississippi? I saw you. Amazing. Your, I saw your boys from Liberty lost, but that's you know, it was no shame going down there. You're playing a team in the top twenty-five. Yep, played tough, lost by thirteen points. Uh, but I, again, top two quarterback prospects in the in the NFL draft coming out uh, next year, which was cool to see. And and the Grove, if you ever get a chance to go down to Oxford, yeah, I have not the been Grove. There. The, the Grove is the most amazing place you can ever go to for tailgating. You're talking ten acres of people with barbecue pits and satellite TVs and people dressed to the nines and there's food is and, and, and these great people down there that invite us into their tent. And we were just in it. We were getting, we were getting basically spit on, but you know, walking through there, but people are super, super nice and just an awesome, awesome atmosphere for college football. And I will never forget it. It was very cool. You know, when I relocate uh, here in a couple of weeks, I may have to become a Georgia fan. I'm going to be two hours away from the university of Georgia. All right, so we'll see you in Atlanta for the SEC title yeah, game. That very, you, you may. You never know. You never know. You never know. All right, Mr. Zampano, good luck with the picks this week. I hope it goes better for you. I hope it goes as well for the Patriots as you think it will. Four underdogs for your picks this week. Those dogs are barking. It's week nine. <laughs> Those dogs are barking. Halfway through the season. Uh, I can't even believe it's gone this fast, but it's crazy. We are still just like halfway through, and it's like late early mid-November. All right, so. no no Dan next week. I will be on the road actually moving uh, down to North Carolina, so we will not have Dan next week, but we will be back the day after Thanksgiving. We can uh, we can do the post-mortem on the Thanksgiving games and then talk about the games on the weekend. So, Dan, I'll look forward to talking to you in a couple of weeks, my friend. Jane, it is always the greatest of pleasures to talk to you. Dan Zampano here on Sports Country Radio.